So Jesus delivers an odd sort of parable in our passage today, not one about a theoretical person in a hypothetical situation, but a parable about those in the room, you, and their very real interaction with the Roman honor-shame culture that guided social interactions. Honor and shame do not hold the same place in society now as it did in first century Judaism, and so this story can feel a little stilted to us. We get that we're called to show humility, but it all feels maybe a little trite. And here's where our lectionary pairs passages so brilliantly, because our passage from Hebrews illustrates for us what it means for us to act in humility and honor the least among us. From the parables of Jesus, the writer of Hebrews has discerned what it looks like to live in Christian community and to interact with those outside of that community. And that wisdom is passed to us. So we are told first to let mutual love continue. In early Christianity, if a whole family did not become Christian, then anyone who did had the possibility of being disowned by their family. So early Christian groups created fictive kinship relationships with each other in order to tap into that much-needed familial support. We see this happen anytime a person is disowned by their family now. If their families disown them, they seek close relationships with others because we all need those close, personal, supportive relationships. So fictive kinship is created, it's something we make, but don't let the name fool you. It's a very real and a very close bond. And the author of Hebrews wants the Christians in their community to maintain that mutual love and continue to care for one another. When we're taking care of others, we're less likely to hold tightly to any expectations for ourselves. The other person's needs gives us perspective on our own. The author continues, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some have entertained angels without knowing it. This refers to many times in the Old Testament when the people of God gave hospitality to strangers who ended up being messengers from God. Both the Greek and the Hebrew word for angel means messenger. And many of these encounters have an overtone of a theophany, of seeing God face to face. And this should not surprise us. How often do we talk about seeing the face of Jesus in another person or hearing the words of God in the advice of a friend? The author of Hebrews simply tells us to extend our openness even to strangers because God can speak through anyone. This also involves holding strangers and those we might not immediately think of as friends with a special type of reverence. It helps us not to dismiss anyone out of hand because we are aware that God can talk to us in many ways, even though someone, even through someone we might not be inclined to listen to. 
This helps us to see the face of God in anyone we meet. One example close to home might be the children of our church. If we are not currently parenting kids, we might only have distant relationships with the kids in our church. And we often think of them only as needing guidance from us and neglect to see how they can teach us. The kids we see around us are important. They see the world with clearer eyes, giving us perspective we sometimes have forgotten. And the loss of that relationship in the church is a big one. It's the same with those in the church who are now older, who carry the wisdom of many years. The church is stronger for having strong intergenerational relationships, relationships that we've tended to lose in our modern world. And it's the same with strangers. The places where we choose to spend our time can end up being echo chambers for us. This might be somewhat less true in church, but only just. This is still a rather homogenous place, and we need voices from outside to help us see ourselves and to see others clearly. So Hebrews next reminds us to remember those who are in prison as though you were in prison with them, those who are being tortured as though you yourselves were being tortured. This is the clearest statement that I've found that in the New Testament that tells us how to relate to the least of these. We're not engaged in some distanced form of remembrance, but invited and commanded to identify with people who are in prison, who are suffering. We are to fully empathize with them, hear them, see them, and so we relate to them as if we ourselves were the ones who are suffering. And taking this in light of Jesus' parable, I think this means not only making solid friendships with the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, any who are at the bottom of our social system, but actually moving ourselves to be in the same place as them. Because if we invite these people to our table over and over again, moving to sit at the bottom of the table, especially in an honor-shame culture, that social positioning will rub off on us. And I think that's exactly where Jesus wants us to be. Jesus wants us not to make forays into other social circles, but to travel in those circles so often that we become a part of them. To spend so much time eating together and getting to know one another that we can actually say what it might be like to be the other person. And when that happens, only then can we truly advocate for that person because we have taken the time to get to know them. We have begun to work on this in many ways in this church. A new group will soon be working with the Urban Renewal Project on an Impact Arts weekly gathering. We've been asked to be there to greet area children in fragile situations, 
to give them a sense of community and belonging. If you want to know more about this, talk to Dan Reese, and he can get you plugged in. But there are other ways we've done this throughout the years as well. We have our prison ministry and feeding programs with Feed My Sheep and Judeo-Christian Outreach Center. All of these involve face-to-face -face interaction with those we are serving. And if you want to know more about those, talk to Bill and Melissa Wade. There are many ways that we work to create relationships within our communities, and these are only the beginning. I encourage you to find some way to get to know someone you don't know, whether it's someone here in our community or someone that our community serves. Our lives are made richer when we care for one another. I have to mention one last part of the Hebrews passage because it is the most likely to cause someone pain. Let the marriage bed be held in honor by all and let the marriage bed be kept undefiled, for God will judge fornicators and adulterers. Passages like these tend to create a sense of shame in our congregations, and I don't think that that is what is meant. We have moved into a time when divorce and hurt between partners is common. It's likely touched every one of us here in one way or another. Jesus doesn't seek to cause us shame when that happens. Each relationship is different. Some are better for ending, and there is forgiveness no matter what has happened. All this passage is telling us is that Commitments are important. We all know that, even if we've had to end a commitment, probably especially if we've had to end a commitment. Don't let shame keep you from healing and moving to a better place. Jesus' parable today, after all, is about not letting shame keep us from doing what is right. The relationships we have and the relationships we choose to nourish are important to who we are. Jesus wants us to reach beyond ourselves again and again, not only to care for those in need, but to be changed by those same people. We are enriched by opening ourselves to a variety of voices. God is able to speak to us in new and beautiful ways. Jesus knows that. Jesus knows that when we shrink into our bubbles, our already existing social circles, we become smaller than we might have been otherwise. So let love guide you to new places, open new possibilities. There are a million ways to plug in, to get to know someone new. Where is God calling you? Amen.